Heaven High. Heaven High, the topic today is, isn't it about time those captors released poor little Maddie? <laughs> it's episode 100. Will you take your telephone away from your computer? By telephone, you're going on a lovely holiday to a farm now. There you go. And also, did you not see the really yucky news this morning, according to the Daily Star, they reckon they found Maddie's body in a suitcase in Australia? No, I didn't. It was just a complete coincidence. It's uh, probably not, because it's no. in Australia, for instance, yes. and it's just a kid's body in Australia. Episode 197, episode 197.3, call 819-8111. Wasn't that was going it? live or something? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So, um, podcast at rumdoings.com. We've been deluged at rumdoings, and you can visit www.rumdoings.com. And, and we have a Facebook fan page. <laughs> Do we? Yes. I don't believe you. I'm just loading up to see the deluge of tweets we received after complaining in the last episode. Kevin, it'll crash your tweet client. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! We've had three tweets from the same person. And and their administrative tweets about the fact that some service couldn't connect to the podcast feed. So all in all, it's been a bumper crop. <laughs> and someone delighting that wine tasting has been proven as a sham. Yes, but you knew that anyway, didn't you? Well, yes, but I th- I think maybe they're responding to the fact that we talked about it on did, the did, Rum Doings podcast. Did you enjoy wine? No, because it all, as we've established a hundred thousand times, tastes the same and the same is of batteries. But is there no wine that you've ever drunk and you've thought, hmm, actually, this isn't too bad? Bunding wine! Excuse my... So, cla- sorry, I dropped a two euro coin. Why did you do that? Because I'm that, is that politi- Not political commentary, then. <laughs> it was, I was doing a satire of the Greek economy. The Greeks, yeah. Ugh. Are you are you, are you genuinely excited about Pluto or are you just taking yes. what you can get? <laughs> I've, I've I've gone 37, I don't know how I'm 37 now, I'm trying to think, mm. maybe 36 years without realising how exciting space is, because as you may really? have noticed, you've known me since I was 18 years old. Yes. I'm quite an idiot. That's true, but uh, I mean, it also is odd considering you've played so many space games, you would have, that might have given you a clue. Well, spa- uh, that's the other thing is space games tend to be about doing attacks and paperwork, so I don't tend to play space games. Oh yeah, I read your little piece where you said that basically space games are full of graphs and resources and exactly, tax yes. keeping and, and spreadsheets and things. I'd rather play, not do work. So, yeah, but so that's not is- all space games. I mean, uh, I, I mean, it's not only space games. There are plenty of games where you suddenly find, so hold on, I'm being given a full-time job here and i've paid mm-hmm. for the privilege of doing it so. it's awful yeah. but la- so i think it was last year i first i, I first watched a live rocket takeoff mm-hmm. and it was so thrilling what have i been doing all this time exactly. i think i i think i fell i think we both were born into the whole of uh, of space excitement the kind of post we were. Moon landing but pre-technology being good enough so it's very exciting being to watch NASA's live feeds and stuff. And I was just, I, I, I loved watching the Pluto press conference even more than the, the photographs themselves. Just the glee and delight on these experts' faces giggling like children. It was great. Well, I, I, I think I've mentioned before, but I remember I, I, until maybe, you know, maybe eight or nine or ten, I just assumed that there were still people visiting the moon yeah. and it was just a thing we did now. And I was kind of shocked to hear, no, no, we stopped doing that uh, in the 70s. And I was kind of, what, you mean we, we haven't been back? What? No, that you, there's some mistake. And I thought, I remember it came as a big surprise because I had just taken as read that linear progression had taken place and we just yeah. shuttle. I kind of thought the space shuttle just visited the moon and, you know, and it came as a big surprise. And I think it's a, um, it's, it, it's shameful that as a species, we, we, we're not doing that sort of thing, really. So I'll play devil's advocate because I clearly don't agree with this position. The kiddies and the hospital! Sorry, go on, go on, but make, it, make, it... <laughs> make a coherent argument. This really is LBC 97.3. Billions, billions and billions of dollars on, on what is essentially luxury when there are starving children in Africa. Go on, what's your argument? I have, gonna, I have my own. I'm just interested to hear yours. It's not going to make any difference to the starving children in Africa. They'll still starve. No, the countless billions of dollars will definitely make a difference. No, it won't because it, it clearly hasn't. So it's not like, oh, you know what? I'm going to take those billions that we are clearly spending to such great uh, effect now 
uh, to feed those countless billions and spend it on ra- on space. It's not a zero-sum game. It doesn't happen like that. It's not like we have a specific pot of money and we take out of that pot and give it to space instead of to the to the to the babies. Anyway, actually, what's happening? Apparently, for the first time in this Earth's history, there are more obese people than starving people on the planet. Isn't that exciting? It's, it's a s- tremendous news. It's a sign of progress. It means we need to spend more money on space. And more money on starving children. So uh, I, I would argue there's a, a, a more sort of romantic position to take as well. No, but also I, I just say I, I don't really give a toss about the starving children, I guess, to a degree. Psychopaths, so there you go. <laughs> just prefer <laughs> space. I, I think both both are good things to try to do something about. And going into space is an extraordinary human achievement. And we, the idea that being alive is it's so redundant that we all we can do with being alive is keep other people alive a bit longer mm. seems a little a little redundant when we could be achieving extraordinary things like getting a camera to pluto at traveling so fast that by the next day it was more than a million miles away from pluto and yet managed to take a photograph of it let me put it this way times. as well it's a bit a bit like the christian elect i would postulate that a species that is able frequently and without too much bother to go into space and explore is more likely to be a, spe- a species that evolves into not having so many starving children in Africa. I would say the same. Yes. So I think it's an ecosystem of civility. And uh, I worry when people attack space exploration that they're attacking the very basis of what's best about our species, in which case all that's left is the venal and the problematic. So uh, people need to be very careful when they do that. Uh, I would. And we also we spend a pittance on going to space compared with, say, with, say, creating lots of weapons to blow ourselves up. So if (laughs) if if we're going to argue about that sort of thing, then let's argue about getting rid of all the all all the tried and spending first and spend that money on space. So what percentage of the uh, US federal budget do you believe is spent on NASA every year? I don't believe it's more than two or three percent. It's nothing really. So this is what's so fascinating. So when you ask the American peoples, they say the same sort of figures, two, three, four percent. The mm. answer is zero point five percent. Yes, which isn't enough. It should be. Well, two no, or clearly. 3%. But, but here's the thing. Most people in America and indeed I'm, inter- I'm surprised to learn that, you, that you, you went as high as two or three. Most people in America think it's that much. No, no. And hold on. Hold on. No, I, I was including military space. There. Oh, blah, blah, blah. But these... uh, no, I was including like, you know, military space, military satellites and so on. If you're just talking about NASA, then yes. Well, I asked nothing. about NASA. But anyway, so mm. but most Americans will say two, three, four percent, which means and they're not complaining. No one has a problem with that, which yes. means America could be spending six times more it's, a year on NASA and no one would mind. Do you know what that's like? It's, it's like Concord. Yes. You, you, you heard the story where they had set the fares for Concord and then somebody had the idea of phoning uh, and, and basically the secretaries would always do the bookings for these very rich men who flew Concord. So uh, British Airways had a, a, an interesting idea. Rather than phone the secretaries, they said, well, they're doing a survey and they spoke to the um, what are you doing? I'm folding a piece of cardboard. I didn't think you'd hear that. Sorry. Well, stop it. It's hideous. I'm so um, sorry. Anyway, they spoke to their men. They, they actually spoke to the, uh, the the rich, fat men themselves rather than their secretaries doing a survey. And they said, oh, by the way, how much does a ticket um, cost uh, to fly on Concorde? And the rich, fat men massively overestimated the price of a ticket. So after that survey, that's what uh, British Airways charged. Very clever. Yes. So... It sounds like you could do a similar thing with NASA. If that's what people think NASA is um, costing the country, that's what uh, they should charge. So in the mid-60s, during the space race... Yeah, what was the highest it went to? 5%? 4.41% was the highest it got. Hmm. Um, That sounds about right. Exactly. Um, And so it's dropped to 0.5% and has been consistently there since... It's been 0.5, 0.6 since the early 2000s. Mm. Um, in it 1965, so in 1966, they spent $43.5 million. Mm-hmm. Um, that's constant dollars, so I assume that's, yes, that's, that's 2014 equivalent. Um, in 2014, they spent 17.6. You mean billion, not not, not No, million. I mean million. 
the oh sorry no thing. I do mean billion I'm being very stupid obviously I mean billion sorry I've got yes that. no I don't I don't I don't think NASA spent 17 million pounds <laughs> less than an advertising spend or something <laughs> yes I uh, forgot what millions and billions are yeah sorry 43 billion yeah. in, in 43 billion in 66 and 17 billion in in 2014 that's not okay no and also we've got a an issue here where people say oh but it's going to be all these private companies like elon musk yes where do you think spacex gets most of its commissions from nasa pays uh, and commissions spacex to do launches so you can't just say it's going to be private enterprise you might say that private companies will effectively be sponsored by nasa to do various things but to pretend that there is a thriving economy in very risky r&d is nonsense I'm going to run an idea past you. See how what you think. Okay. What if we started a new Cold War? We have. But no, a, a good one, a proper one. We have started one. No, we it's, haven't. What? What? Uh, it's what you think? What we have with uh, with uh, Russia at the moment is cuddles. Well, it's unfortunately yes, it's extraordinarily cuddles. They're invading other countries, and we're going. Oh well. I want a new Cold War and a space race, that, we'll, and I want R- Russia to... And maybe we could do it with China, because Chinese, the Chinese space programme is burgeoning. Hmm. And maybe we could start a Cold War with China. We just need some incentive. Uh, yeah, but it would have to be a space-based Cold War. Oh, yeah. that's a good idea. You know, what, what we... Actually, you know what we need is... We need something better than rockets that fart their way up into space. We need a new propulsion technology that's made out of magic or fusion or something. We they, do need that. There was a, 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 a... The Orion Project originally in the 60s or 70s suggested that a, a, a space rocket could launch itself by launching lots of nuclear weapons out of its, mm-hmm. out of its, out of its uh, backside uh, onto a plate. But they raised there may be one or two issues with that, though. That's just silly. Come on. If you want to go to space, you've got to take some risks. That does sound good, though. Oh, my goodness, Nick. The Martian. Isn't that a good book? We should talk about The Martian. It is a good book. I had somebody complain about it. My brother actually complained about it. He said that the writing is bad. Well, your brother is a flippity gibbet. He said it's it's like um, he said it, it's it's no better than sort of uh, Da Vinci Code style writing. I strongly disagree. And the reason I disagree is because it's better. Oh, Dan okay. Brown's yeah. Dan Brown's prose is unbearable. I literally threw the Da Vinci Code across the room. It was so bad. Well, he claims I was compelled. Yeah, he says this this attempt at humour and flippancy is just not it, it grates after all. I don't like it when people say attempt at because attempt mm. at can mean can be absolutely validly used when something is successful. And indeed, it's a very funny book. It's success, I, it's an successful attempt at. I was engrossed by it because I enjoyed all the. Uh, all the nonsense about working out how much exactly. soil you need to grow potatoes. Exactly, and the or how he get, generates himself some extra water, and just these fantastic chemical and and, and uh, biological experiments that he's doing. And I'm not uh, educated enough to know if they're realistic or not. Although I understand they are the guy, the author is, and is painstaking mm. in his accuracy as best he can be. No, my while brother says li- that's not take, true. While taking liberties to, in order to create entertaining fiction. He says that's not true. For example, he says that the atmosphere on Mars is insufficiently uh, thick to have though that sort of sandstorm that was described. But Mars has sandstorms all the time. That's, no, that's... but it but it wouldn't it wouldn't cause what was described there. I'm surprised to hear to that. Bearing in mind how violent the sandstorms on Mars are, 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 are I've read about it are. Well, there you go. You see, you learn well, something every day. The problem is, here's the thing about your brother. Mm-hmm. He's a twit. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if he is aware, but lots of books that are set in space aren't necessarily 100% accurate. And they don't no, have to be. Because but you just said that the, he's painstaking. Hold on. No, no, he's, I, I understand that. I think I said I'm not educated enough to know whether it's accurate or not. But although I understand that he attempted to be painstaking. That's what I understand. I thought it was good. It was like an adventure game. It was you just, can imagine an old fashioned adventure game style, you know, we have to work out these various puzzles and so on. I thought that I thought there may be some snobbery about the book because it wasn't. There was no purple prose. There was no attempt at flourish. It was a very um, simply written book. But I really enjoyed it for that too. Especially that's since, what, yes, especially I agree. Eighty percent of the book is a man's diaries, and it's written in his voice. Now that's what I liked as well. I, I, I I've mentioned before that 
my ideal narrative is actually narrative that deals with the quotidian and doesn't necessarily create um, operatic moments just for the sake of them. It's got to flow from yeah. the quotidian, and I enjoyed that about this. Well, I think it was very good, and um, I was very annoyed. I immediately said, oh, let's see what else he's written. I'm going to read his next book. And, oh, he's written nothing else. In fairness, it's his first book. It's not like he wrote one book and then disappeared you know how it was Desert written. Island. You know how it was written. Uh, he wrote it. I know he published it for free on because no one would publish it. Yeah, he so he published it for free on his blog, and then suddenly it got, got massive uh, attention, and then suddenly the publishers wanted it. The yeah. same day he got the publishing deal on the same day as the movie option, which is extraordinary. Mm. Yeah, the the movie won't be any good. Well, the trailer the, don't if you haven't read the portion, and you should because it's such a fun book. Um, yeah, don't don't watch the trailer first. The trailer, and I'm not exaggerating, the trailer contains spoilers to the final page of the book. Idiots, um, which is phenomenal. Good work, everybody involved in that. Um, yeah. But it does look entertaining. What's more promising, however, is a, spe- a scene shot. Uh, there's a scene on YouTube um, which is not in the book. Set with the uh, on the the flight out, the flight to Mars, with the crew introducing themselves on a on a video diary. Oh no, I, uh, I don't want the human interest crap. That actually annoyed me. That only that's the only thing that annoyed me in the book was a little bit of these. Oh, we have to worry about the that the other crew and worry about their feelings. I'll piss off. I just want to know more feelings. about the potatoes. I want to know what? more about the potatoes. But this is what you should watch the clip because it was just pure entertainment. It was really well done and it just gave you. It was nice and natural and fun. It's and uh, Rid, Rid, Ridley Scott is a risky director for the movie, but he's very risky. But uh, you know, who knows. Blade Runner was good. Yeah. Was it? Yes. I don't it know. Was. It was a bit, no, it was. bit, bit, it was. bit slow. It's, that's what I'm hoping for for The Martian. I'm hoping it's because if the, the pace, uh, that, the pacing in that, in that scene is so slow and I'm really hopeful he's brave enough to shoot the whole movie like that. Mm, well, um, I hope so. That'd be very exciting. And it's Matt Damon as, uh, as your man. Oh, no. Victoria wasn't happy about that because she had assumed he was black. Had she? That's a really strange yeah. assumption. There's and nothing, she saw him, like, said she was very angry that he wasn't. No, he should have been black, so that was a mistake. Huh. I imagined him far, far more geeky. Actually, maybe Matt Damon will um, black up. Black up. Yeah, he maybe he will. Yeah. Why, why did Victoria get to that he was black? I mean, there's no race description whatsoever. He could have been of any race, I think, but... I'm not sure. He was specifically... We know he wasn't German, because he didn't speak German. Mm, no, all. he didn't speak... Well, no, or maybe he was a very cussed German. Um, well, no. <laughs> I think the fact that there was a German on his crew was, and and he was was to make him distinct. Oh, yeah. Laura, having watched The Martian, I've been craving something similar. You haven't Riz- watched. You haven't watched The Martian. No, just having read The Martian, they've been craving something similar. And there's nothing similar, frustratingly. Um, so re- I rewatched Defying Gravity, the painfully short-lived, wonderful uh, series about a crew going off to Venus. Mm-hmm. Um, and Laura and I watched that, all 13 episodes. And then, thankfully, the creator has uh, provided a website with a detailed breakdown of everything that would have happened to all the characters had he got the five seasons he needed. Oh, that's good. That's unusual that yes, somebody indeed. bothers with that, isn't it? Well, I think they always cling to the crazed hope that it'll get picked up again or they'll get to make a movie or something like that. But he accepted defeat. Um, Why did he accept defeat? I don't know, although interesting. So when the show ended, this person writes this um, this blog post about it, how he's going to get into the guys gave him some information, but wasn't going to give him any more until he was he knew it was done and would get back to him in six months. And then a year goes by before the update and something happened six months ago that meant he didn't want to say anything. So obviously, there were, I imagine there were prospects and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also asked on Twitter for people to recommend books about people living in isolation because again that's such a, something that was so compelling about The Martian was that it was this one guy on his own on Mars and, and mm. you know he, he accurately described himself as the loneliest person in the universe mm. um, and something- I'm sure there are plenty of shipwreck uh, novels and so on which we'll get close to that I mean Robinson Crusoe is but not, Robinson not, Crusoe not a Friday yeah, but ignore Friday. I've never read Robinson Crusoe, so I bought a copy of it the other day, so I have that to read now. Um, and you recommended <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula. Well, it has a it has a great sense of... Uh, the reason I recommended it is it actually starts uh, as a diary and letters and so well, on. Well, I have... So. I, Audible has a free version of it with a whole huge cast of some famous people. Tim Curry is on there and... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, what's uh, the Russian, the 
Alan Cumming, him from Golden. No, I think I think it should be read. I don't think it'll work as an audible. No, it's book, it's re- well, well, it does. It, it, I don't imagine it would work. It's terrible. It's so bad. No, no, but I remember reading it as a kid, and I was got, it was very. I found it very, very. You got the diaries. Chilly. You got the diaries of the guy in the in in Count Dracula's castle, and I love the idea of being able to have read this book at the time when Count Dracula's castle didn't obviously sound like a stupid place to go stay. Mm. Um, it must be nice to approach the term without it being uh, so loaded. Um, and his diaries are, are not brilliant, but okay, and these incredibly heavy-handed scenes. And then it comes back to the most pitifully written screechy whingy wow wow oh i don't know if i'm going to get married or not nonsense from this collection of the most awful cartoon women whinging about their fiancés and one woman writing about how she got three proposals in one day (laughs) and it's this sub jane austen crap oh it's so bad so clearly, oh, your I childhood think, has. Uh, I think you... you're being. I think you're being unfair to Bram Stoker. I don't think I am. And then, uh, and, and so I've just I've reached the point where um, the, there's the two women, the the wife of the guy who went to, Ca- to Castle Dracula who's now gone missing, and another lady who seems to be sleepwalking a lot, and we don't know why. And then she comes mm. back and she's got these wounds on her neck, and the lady thinks she must have done them by mistake, and it's just so clodding and awful. I think you're being unfair. I'm not being unfair. It's a terrible book. <laughs> I think you're being very unfair. <laughs> so I need, I need, I need that guy to write another book about a man stuck on a new planet. I want a man stuck on Jupiter next, please. Well, he's now got all the money in the world, so he doesn't need to, does he? And he can't be stuck on Jupiter. Jupiter's just gas, and he'll be I, crushed and irradiated. I, I, Maybe he could be I, on I, one I of the moons. That. I did know that. Mm. Titan would be good. A man trapped on Titan. That would work. Yeah, I don't know if that's still too irradiated. It's going to be a problem to be anywhere else, really, isn't it? That's why Defying Gravity is quite interesting about when they get to Venus, about you know how long they, they can only spend, even this is set 50 years in the future, and they can only spend even then 20 minutes on Venus before all their equipment will be destroyed. Well, hold on, uh, they can't. I mean, even uh, a, a camera that was set there with protection lasted for seconds before it was destroyed. Well, it's, this is 50 you... years in the future, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. With, with, oh, with magic, yes. Well, no, they're just advanced suits, and they've got these depressurized... They, 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 it goes into lots of technical detail, made-up pretend technical detail about how they can justify 20, surviving 20 minutes on, on Venus. Hmm. We, uh, you've said before that you would go into space. Yes, Laura is furious with me for saying that. Yes, because it's risky, you know. It is a touch risky, yes. But uh, you tell Laura it doesn't matter. You'll take Toby with you. So if you die, you'll both die. Yeah, it's yeah. much better. No, I. Uh, although I was thinking we should. Uh, dis- I've decided that I'm going to make force, not just make, but force Toby to be interested in space, and that's such that he does become an astronaut, and I can vicariously go to space through him. That's a good idea. Yeah, you should do the well, same with Judy. They could go on a mission together. <laughs> they could. Oh, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, I don't know if there are going to be astronauts by the time they're grown up. They'll just be robots, if anything. Well, didn't the, the, it was interesting um, how both The Martian and Defying Gravity, both fictions, tackle that subject about the importance of sending human beings on these missions. Yes, and of course it's psychologically and romantically important, yeah. but I don't know whether that will win the day. Well, we are sending robots. We're already doing that. It's not like a thing that's going to happen in the future. We've got robots. No, but I wonder so. whether... Yeah, but if uh, if civilization collapses as it looks likely to, then I don't think we'll be sending <laughs> anything anyway. What year is that you, Is that booked in for? Um, it could happen any time now. It's overdue. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I was listening to the news last night about the, um, the Manchester... We are living on borrowed time with regard to resources, with regard to stability, everything. We are really... I'm surprised it's lasted this long. The Manchester Royal Infirmary was closed last... The A&E was closed yesterday after a couple of suspected cases of um, uh, disease X. I can't remember. And mm. listening to the way it was being reported on, on um, uh, PM, the reporter was explaining to Eddie Mayer that, uh, OK, the, the hospital is very keen for everyone to know this, that there are lots of suspected cases of this and it's absolutely fine. It's, it's, it's quite difficult to pass from human to human, but the medical staff tend to be most at risk, which is probably why they've closed the A&E as a precaution. Um, but they make it clear there's no news. And I thought, this is the news broadcast you hear in the background at the beginning of every apocalypse <laughs> yes. film. <laughs> yes, especially and it would be Eddie Mayer's uh, voice of calm. Yes. It's a, there's nothing, you know, the people, officials insist there's nothing to worry about. Scenes of zombies walking up and down the street outside. 
Officials insist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I figured, oh gosh, this is it. This is the end. Have you brought any weird magazines of late? I, I, no. <laughs> so you Remember, mean for the podcast for entertainment purposes? Well, just generally, I thought you, you we were chatting that... quite nice. I thought we were really, really boring last time, but I thought this one's quite good so far. No, but you bought those magazines, don't you remember? Do you Before mean... that, that weird one from Australia, which talks about the giant spiders, and then Nexus concluded magazine. that they did. I, I saw it in the same uh, news agent the other day and thought, well, I imagine there's lots of interesting material, but I'm at this point, I'd just be giving these lunatics more money. Oh, that's a pity. I would I've have got, liked to have heard more about Nexus magazine. I've got a pile of a few hundred copies of PC Gamer right next to me. Oh, is that still going? It is still going, yeah, but I haven't bought it for a very long time. Actually, no, that's not true. I bought one a few months ago, a couple of months ago for the first time I, in years. I assume it's just a leaflet now. Yes, no, it's still... Um, this is from 2002. It was 146 pages. I think it's around 120, 130 now. Hmm. That does surprise me, I have to say. Who buys it? People. People like magazines. I like no, magazines. Who, who buys it? Um, well, subscribers. It's got lots of subscribers. There's many fewer people buy it. So when I when I started on Gamer, it's, it was around 85,000. Mm-hmm. And it's now around 20, I believe. What happened with um, that magazine that was being launched that Laura wrote an article for? Science Sci- Uncovered. Science is fun, yes. And lasted, with no I website. Think, I think it lasted seven issues. Seven issues? I didn't think it would last that long. No, I really didn't think it would last that I think maybe Future saved face by keeping it going a bit longer than they probably should have. That was very weird. It's kind of, what did you think by launching it? I, I didn't understand well, that. Well, they poached... Uh, they were, it was typical Future arrogance. They poached the editor of uh, BBC Science... BBC Focus magazine. Is that what it's called? Focus? Focus, yes. The BBC yes. Science uh, magazine, which is very popular and successful. And they poached the editor of that and thought, oh, he could just yes. do it again over here. But hmm. what's really... Laura, when Laura got hold of the magazine that her articles were in, she looked at it and said, this just looks like it's a magazine for boys. That's sexist. But it was like, no, specifically boys. It had that look of a gaming magazine, it deliberately targeting ma- a, ma- a young male audience. But why not? I mean, the young male audiences should be interested in popular science, no? Well, they should, but sh- you could probably give your magazine a broader look. It just felt that like, it felt trapped by Future's inability to... Uh, ma- I imagine the reason would be is they use the same pool of designers and... and um, art and art team as they use for all their other magazines so it just got genericized into the typical future look i have to say that futures look does look very dated it's like it's like seeing somebody build some early 90s or late 80s architecture suddenly it it it, it it's got a style which hasn't really developed and you compare it with some of the more cutting edge um magazine designs that are in the world it, it is odd how little they have allowed themselves to uh, break from that particular design language well, I would argue that's maybe you're being a little rose tinted because right here I've got a copy of um, that's no good because that's a freebie. A copy of your Sinclair. Mm-hmm. This is from January 1992. <laughs> got a little off the boil by this point. Mm-hmm. And you look inside; and it looks like um, someone made it using a pair of scissors and a photocopier. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> well, you may like it, but it looks absolutely awful. Ah, picture no. of Stuart Campbell. Ah. But Amiga format, uh, effectively every magazine now looks like a slightly shinier version of Amiga format. Sadly, uh, even that, I think you would be distraught to see how um, how dated it looks. I've got a copy of Zero magazine here. Mm. Um, and that, it's better than your Sinclair, but it's not good. And it's really hard to tell the adverts from the articles because both are so badly laid out. <laughs> um. Uh, not like modern day adverts which deliberately design themselves to look like articles or trade secret have been decide- designed in-house by the publisher to look like their own magazine. Do, oh, talking about uh, the future, did you see in the uh, comment field of your blog mm-hmm. that some somebody um, posted what, what Centre Parks wants to be? Yes. Um, which is a um, it, it's basically the, the tropical islands resort, which was built in a massive zeppelin hangar, and it actually is full of swimming pools and um, palm trees and things like that, like you'd expect. And I, I, I wish that I could go and visit it, but it's full of Germans, so I, I won't. <laughs> Sometimes I forget, Harry. I thought you liked Germany. Uh, I've I've been on holiday in Madeira and was full of old Germans and I just I I couldn't cope. I think Germany needs to make all its place names sound more German because Madeira, no, it's not German. 
No, but they, I think the Germans basically own Madeira these days. There was the hotel we were in just full of old, so where is uh, that suspicious Germans. I'm very ignorant. It's in, is that Spanish Madeira? It's Portuguese. Portuguese. It's an island in the Atlantic. See, I don't know anything. I'm so bad at geography. I'm a hit. This is why I would never go on Pointless. <laughs> That's, you don't even know what Madeira was. That's a bit sad. I know what, you should yeah. at least known as Portuguese and culture. I should, I should have. I agree. I'm not proud to not to be ignorant of these subjects. Why don't you go to Madeira? Um, I'm busy. It's that very day. pretty. How do you yeah. spell it? Madeira cake. No, not cake. You can have the cake though. It's got an eye in it. I didn't know where that eye was going to go. I've been, I, I've been there several times. Went have there uh, for holiday, and it's a good. It, it's a place where cruise ships stop as well. So if you go on a, a cruise, you can sometimes stop there for a day. It's a lovely island to stop at. Did so, you see well, any horses covered in flowers and ladies wearing giant hats? Obviously. Good. Yeah, um, I think that's Madeira-web.com, which is the we sh- autological. Uh, we shouldn't shirk the topic any longer. Oh. The uh, the uh, the orange bra wearing, coke sniffing, uh, prostitute using lord. It's, didn't it, it just remind you of the good old days? Take you back to the finally a good old Tory scandal. Except he wasn't even Tory; he's Labour. Well, he's independent, <laughs> but he used to be Labour. Yeah, but he. That, he I was so been. sure he would be a Tory peer. I was shocked. He should have been a Tory peer. It did. It took me back to the mid nineties when every other. It was like normal. I, honestly, I can imagine for someone in the someone under thirty, this is like, oh my goodness, this is shocking. <laughs> someone over thirty, this is. Oh yeah, I remember this. You see, what's what's really sad is that um, if 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 drugs and using prostitutes were legal, then this would this this wouldn't be a story. I mean, he did, he did badmouth all his colleagues, but that would be the only part of it. So was it a sting? Have the son confessed that it was a sting? It was a sting because they got the prostitutes to ask him about specific yes. colleagues and so on. Uh, so, yes, obviously yeah. it was. But why didn't he go, hang on a second, why are they suddenly taking an interest in my political career? Normally, uh, we, t- normally we talk about last night's uh, episode of Bake Off. And- you, you see, somebody got very upset about that, a prostitute on on twitter got very upset about that and he says you would be uh, john's love to talk about themselves and their lives and if you're a good prostitute you learn how no, to I, pretend that you're interested in I their was, solipsistic I, nonsense. I saw i heard like laura heard something on the news of someone saying well it's clearly a sting because why would prostitutes be talking about politics so I thought, well that's a nice position to take what a phenomenally also they, stupid thing to have said but, I but also thought, somebody says I they, they they will speak with what they, they'll say whatever their johns want to say sure but if i yeah. were a tory if i were a, a house of lords peer going to go and get coked up and do a bunch of prostitutes i would have thought the last thing i would want to talk about was politics not that the the position that people have taken that clearly if you're a prostitute you're completely incapable of having an adult conversation what i mean is like why would he want to talk about that stuff and why would he not go uh i don't really want to talk about work right now i'm a bit just trying to distract myself from work Mm. that just struck me struck me as odd yes it's it is strange i mean you would that's the one thing you would have thought he would have but again he was so egotistical he just wanted to chat about how awful his colleagues were i think he found that probably more therapeutic than the sex to be honest um but i do think it's it is it does show you how ridiculous it is why shouldn't he be allowed to put put white powders in his nose and pay a lady to uh, to be a companion for an hour it just seems surely we, we need to get over that side of things now it just seems it's, very strange it did strike me as uh, so i'm slightly less liberal than you on that but i, I know you are, i have you i have deeper problems with prostitution but uh, i know you're a christian but well i i don't necessarily know if that's directly involved but it's hard to tell but the, the but i did think to myself why is this Something so beyond... I mean, I understand the embarrassing photographs on the front page of The Sun, but mm. compared to stealing money... Yeah, stealing money, apparently. Or using my yeah. political influence to uh, affect uh, ch- negative change or any of these things seems far worse to me than his having a, p- a particularly uh, sordid private life. Well, I mean, is it particularly sordid? Well, so, okay, yeah, perhaps that's enough. I don't... I don't even know what it, it doesn't. I Tradition, think every, every, traditionally viewed as sort. I mean, he seemed everybody was consensual, and actually, what was interesting was, I mean, he's he was actually speaking to these prostitutes and genuinely, you know, uh, was answering their questions, like when they said uh, asked about Blair and so. And he was actually, you know, I, I found it quite interesting that he didn't just say, "Oh, sh- sh- shut up and get on with what you're doing." He was actually. Yeah. It, it, what was weird is almost speaks better of him in this in this instance, and in that he didn't just 
dismiss their their questions yeah. as being beneath them. But uh, I mean, the orange bra I thought looked quite good. But I thought the sun played that very well. If you're gonna if you're gonna spin this story, so they come out with the sun on Sunday comes out with a big story. Um, mm-hmm. Watermarks their images to such a degree that yesterday's Daily Mail front page featured the headlight head, featured the full. Uh, mast of the sun on sunday and the sun on sunday watermark written all the way across its front page um meanwhile the sun casually prints the orange bra photo so everyone else is reprinting their photo from the day before and they go oh we didn't tell you about the orange bra <laughs> i thought it, i thought it was a good look you know orange orange bra and the leather jacket i think all all members of the house of lords should be forced to wear yeah, that sort of it. gear on the benches it would make for a more interesting uh, <laughs> upper upper chamber keep them awake you just want to see uh, Boothroyd in an orange bra. Oh, Boothroyd was going on and on in a puritanical she way was, about. Wasn't she? I, you know, oh, come on, ex Tiller girl. You know, let's not uh, be holier than thou about these things. I wonder. Did um, oh, I've forgotten her name. Who's this? The clever BBC lady who's now in the House of Lords. A BBC lady. I know they allow sometimes they who's allow ladies. Clever. Joan something. Joan. It's not Joan Crawford. Thinking Joan, Joan Bakewell. Bakewell. Thinking thinking man's crumpet. <laughs> That's such a lovely term, isn't it? Yes. Oh, you're 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 ugly. Therefore, you're attractive to thinking men. No, she, no she's, she's just no, thinking. She certainly she's wasn't think- ugly back in the day, Nick. For for thinking thinking man's crumpet. I don't know. If she was a day. I suppose she is in in the House of Lords now. I think she yeah. is. Yeah. As is Floella yeah. Benjamin. I remember Floella Benjamin. Yeah. She's in the mm. House of Lords now saying unbelievably stupid things a lot of the time. Was she but she was a bit UKIPy, wasn't she? She did go a bit UKIPy at one point, yes. Hmm. She's a Liberal Democrat, I think, but it's a bit odd. She needs to be careful though, because look what happens what when people go a bit UKIPy, um Rick Mayo, don't need I say more. <laughs> did he die of being UKIPy? Well, I think so. Yes, I mean, remember his. It took his a long advert. time to kill him. His uh, yes, his save the pound dressed up as Hitler advert. Yes, that did take a while. You see, but they were right in the end. They were right, <laughs> and you were wrong. Are you going to have the humility to admit that you were wrong? Um, well, you too. We've discussed this before, um, and we it's have. Hard, but it's... I, but but now it's it, it bears rediscussing because other things have happened. This is true. But had we been in the euro, would we have been a greater stabilizing influence? I don't know. I don't know whether we would have suffered by being in in it. In the Euro, sorry. In the Eurozone, yes. Yes. I'm not sure. Um, The problem with the Euro is trying to have um, financial integration without political integration doesn't work. Um, You need the political integration first, but of course nobody really wanted to be that politically integrated. So I think they tried to use the uh, Euro as a way of forcing the issue with political integration, uh, which hence all the fudging and so on. And then when the uh, euro uh, tail started wagging the political dog, everything just went quite Greek, sadly. <laughs> it was useful, though, for going on going to on holiday to different parts of Europe. It was a lot less faff for us. It is less faff, and uh, it hasn't completely died yet. Um, we'll see what happens. I think that it will probably be all right in the end. I still no, I, I mean, by, by which I mean, since civilization is coming to an end anyway, it's irrelevant. That's what I mean by oh, that, fair by the way. And mm. you used to, you've become a lot more immediate because you used to your arguments used to always eventually conclude with well heat death of the universe but you've, you've brought mm. it a lot more topical now. Yeah, no, I think civilization will revert to a handful of Mad Maxian sorts if we're lucky. Uh, any, <laughs> any any time now, any time now, and I think it will take people by surprise. It's not going to be a grand operatic thing. Things will fall apart so quickly and so chaotically. Uh, it'll almost seem a disappointment at how unmovie like it is. What will be the trigger? Oil, coal? Um, it doesn't really matter. We're in such a uh, unstable, chaotic situation now that it's like asking which which butterflies flapping is going to call. You know, it, it doesn't really matter. Anything, anything. It will all fall apart very, hope, very soon. I hope listening to this episode of the podcast in our audience, the one person mm. who's listening is a fan of the uh-huh. books. And when you said anything, anything like that would have been immediately reminded of the books track. Just one for one person out there. I just want you to know that. Yeah, I heard it too. The one person. Yeah. You mean? Yes, yeah. the one person out there. Uh, I mean, it could be Lucy who triggers it. Somehow her rotten tail will oh, cause the is. end of Western civilization. She is the worst cat in the whole world. She's currently 
walking around with this half shaved, and no one should ever shave a cat's tail. The inside of a cat's tail is the saddest sight you've ever seen. But hold on, let's start from the beginning. So I think maybe even last time we talked, you said, oh, look, Lucy's tail's at a weird angle, and yes. that's all we knew. It was hanging floppy. But she wasn't whinging. No, she was making no fuss, and I picked her up, bent the tail in different directions, and she didn't react or bite or anything. So I mm. figured, huh, she's done something, but nothing is mm. serious. So Laura mm. took her to the vet, and um, turns out that she's done something rather serious. Which is? Well, she seems to have broken it. When they shaved the fur back, we found these two strips of skin missing. But not either right. side of the tail. They're sort of both on one side, but about a centimetre apart. What on earth could have done that? Um, and the tail's broken at the end such that the nerve is probably completely broken too. That's why she couldn't feel anything in it. Right. Um, so they're going to r- chop it off. Is it gangrenous? It's not gangrenous. It's just pathetic. So if, you, hmm. if you've got a cat, get an electric razor and just shave a bit of its tail and you'll discover that they've got crappy little rat tails hidden underneath all that fur. They're tiny, oh. awful looking things. Oh, gosh. Cats and are... More disappointing than you imagine. Yeah. <laughs> a wet cat is a bad sight. A shaved cat is horrific. Um, and so she's now got this... She's shaved past the work, past the broken bits. And now we've got this nasty little rat tail with a, a t- three inches of dangly bit on the end. Which are going uh, to be chopped off. And she's going to go around with a stunted tail for the rest of her life. Can't you give her a prosthetic tail? <laughs> well, fortunately, she's not going to have three quarters of her tail. She's only going to lose about a quarter of it. Might screw her balance. Apparently not. Apparently tail is not much used for balance. It's much more about communication. So other cats won't understand she's what she's saying. She's just going to be talking more quietly, that's all. Oh, dear. She's <laughs> been a bit of a problem. <laughs> I was thinking the other day, if Lucy went missing Dexter style, mm. would I care? Not, not as much. Here's no. the thing I care about. I what? get £150 a quarter from writing a column about her. Well, you just have to quickly get another kitten. Yeah, just to get a cat. Does uh, does Lucy nominally write that column? She, no, she doesn't. It's written by it's written in my name, not hers. So it's not like here's what Lucy had to say today. <laughs> Thank goodness, no. It's just it was it was about Dexter for years. So I wrote the blog. Yeah. I used to write the blog post about Dexter, and the editor of the magazine got in touch and said, "Do you want to write these for us?" Indeed, your um, cat magazine, the, the cat, the magazine, cat magazine yeah. of the Cat Protection League. Yes, um, as I, th- I imagine, I must have said on the podcast before. Yes. I have a huge problem with giving money to pet charities while humans are suffering, so I take money from I a don't. pet charity. That's my policy. I policy. I don't have because you're a wrong that. any more than giving money to space. It's all the zero sum game nonsense. It doesn't matter in the end. I'd rather the money being spent on dogs and cats went to space. <sighs> what about sending dogs and cats into space? Okay, I'm happy to do that too. That's fine. Like, so you were happy that Laika was killed then? It's not. I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. It's fine. Oh, okay, good. It's no problem. No issues at all. We should send cats into space just once. <laughs> yes, just just put lots of cats in a in, yeah, in a big space an rocket. Awful lot of cats. <laughs> yes, and see which one which one turns out to be the ruler of space. <laughs> That's a good plan. Yeah, I. I it is interesting that uh, your if if Lucy were your daughter, you wouldn't be quite so flippant about how much less you like her than your previous furry child. Yes, but that's a strange thing to say. That's like saying if my sandwich were my son, I would care less about would care more about no, but, it. No, but no, but is that because um, you are being dishonest about your children and your preferences? I only have one being... child. No, but when you have another one, yes, and you, I start and to be hypothetical you... about that at this point. No, but you have another one, let's okay, say. I do. And uh, and and unlike what did what did what did Laura call um, Toby? A bit, she called Toby a bit of a knobber. Now, what if this <laughs> other what if this other one turns out not to be a bit of a knobber? You, you will you will find that one better, won't you? And you'll have to admit it that actually, you know, you're, you're much better than that awful Toby. It but you will be, never tell him. It'll be a fair comeuppance because the thing I always do to parents of more than one child is force them to tell me which one they like best. Exactly. And if they say, anyway, today I like this one best because this one's been a nightmare. No, I'm not interested in that answer. I want to know which one you think is a nicer person. If you could only choose one of them to keep, which one would you keep? The Sophie's Choice question. Well, exactly, Same. but... When push comes to shove, which one are you going to give over to the Nazi uh, commandant? Yeah, exactly. Which one are you going to keep? And I don't and want it, and it just and it just be utilitarian about it. Just decide. 
Well, you don't even know. It's not even utilitarian. Just decide at that moment you have to hand one over. What are you going to do? You I've will. Got no, I will don't be... want to the at that moment decision. I want the. I want the considered. No, I'm saying at that moment. If if, if I had to say to you now, um, you have to hand over either Lucy or Toby <laughs> to a Nazi commandant yeah. who's going to throw them in the air and shoot them. Right. I, I I I mean, you'll take some time to consider, but it'll probably mm-hmm. end up being Lucy. Don't know. Can I pick Laura? <laughs> so I'm going to throw Laura <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah, then you get to wonder, but then Lucy will be sad because Laura's really uh, Lucy's owner. This is true. Oh, poor yeah. Lucy. It's, it, I think the, t- the tough part with Lucy, I think I would have a lot more time for her if she had any time for, for me. So she, she comes in the house twice a day to eat. and that's Shouts. Does she still her. shout? Yeah, she's still... Meow! Especially, as, you, as I, have I talked before about her magical ba- Toby's falling asleep detection? No, I have, you haven't. So uh, in the evening, no matter what time we put Toby to bed, and that time will vary, bearing in mind his nap schedule or whatever, and when he's falling, to, when he's tired, no matter what time it is, as you're just getting him to stop whinging and start sleeping, the cat flap goes. You can absolutely every time, and then this parade of screaming around the house. I, I still don't know what she's screaming about. I'm home. I'm home. I'm home, everybody. I'm home. Isn't it amazing that I'm home? <laughs> And then yeah. what she'll do is she'll walk past her full bowl of food to find me mm-hmm. and say, feed me, you've got to feed me. And then I have to walk all the way into the conservatory and touch the food. Thanks for the food, Danny. Well, what Finch does is that if you can see any part of the bottom of the bowl, <laughs> yes, um, then she complains and demands <laughs> that, that, that that be dealt with. <laughs> even if even if it's like a donut of food around it and it's perfectly... No, yeah. But oh, hold on, I can see some ceramic, that's it. Uh, I, I can't cope with this. <laughs> oh, do you know that reminded me the ceramic? Yes. The sad, the Dexter bowl you got, you got Laura and me for our wedding present. Yes, you smashed that as well now. No, it's just it was when Dexter went missing and was definitely not coming back. That bowl was the saddest thing of all. So Laura hid it somewhere. <laughs> and so Laura's hidden one bit of ceramic. She smashed the other bit of ceramic we got from the wedding. If you if the third one goes, then that's it. Your wedding's finished. <laughs> so the marriage is over. Yeah. I'm going to put mine in a locked safe then. I'm the one I've looked after mine. You have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it said Jesus and Games, didn't it? It does on the bottom, yes. And Laura's was Jesus and Science. That's right. And uh, she smashed hers. You've still got yours. Mm -hmm. Um, Dexter's is... um, is 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 a banish so yes you you are the last gatekeeper of the realm me wow Mm. although if she you know it's a good point actually maybe what i'll do not keep it locked in the safe but i'll just hang it precariously on a shelf and if laura's (laughs) annoying me i'll just oh dear (laughs) whoever thought that there'd be an earth tremor in bath (laughs) is bath very tectonically very dreadfully Oh, Bath. Somebody was asking me the other day, they're visiting the United Kingdom and the two places they're going to are London and Bath. That's what people seem to do. So I thought, they said, what restaurants should you go to in Bath? I don't know. <laughs> don't. don't, I don't know. There, are, there aren't any. Eat well in London and then come to Bath. Bath does not have any good hotels that are reasonably priced. It's uh, got good uh, hotels, they're just not reasonably priced. But, but does it actually have good hotels? Yes, it does. Like the Royal Crescent Hotel and places like that are apparently superb, but uh, only if you're very, very rich. I think, well, if, if that listener could hurry up and give us oh, our million, then, uh, then we will be. So well, That's true. Let's... We can go and test all the hotels in Bath with our million. That would be such a great way of using... <laughs> you know, let's go and test all the hotels in Bath. It's what I've been dreaming of when I dreamt of Largesse and... Uh, I, I, and fluidity. So, I want no, to be Bath a hotel is... bath hotel tester. Bath is not good for ho- for restaurants either. There's nothing. I mean, there's really. There's nothing exceptional. There's not no. like a destination restaurant. Oh my goodness, we need to go to Bath to eat there. Oh, there's not really. Jamie Jamie Oliver's opened up a, a restaurant in Bath. It's called it's called Jamie's Italian. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes, I, I, actually, I think Jamie Oliver opened up a restaurant in in, in Judy's bedroom the other day. Uh, <laughs> the, the last place in, in the United Kingdom where there wasn't a Jamie's Italian, so we sold him the rights to where her wardrobe was. Okay, it's good. Here's mm. the good thing about Jamie's Italian. Mm-hmm. I've, li- I've finished listing it. <laughs> oh my goodness, the food's so awful. Have you eaten there? Yes, I've eaten there three times. On third various time, things, and it's always third beautiful. time lucky. No, and they do serve the food on a bit of wood on some tin cans, though. 
Like what sort of food? A plate of rustic Italian food. It's so Such bad. Con. It's so bad. But Italian food is a con anyway, in as much as it's all pretty much easy to make. Starch, star- wet starch. Wet starch and some sauces and stuff. It's, it's so easy to make. Uh, I'm, I've not been one of those people to get totally excited about Italian food. I know you're supposed to. No, no, to, I never I have. No, I have not. Wait, do you remember when we got thrown out of an Italian restaurant? Yes. So that's, Correctly that's the so. thing that we did. Yeah. Along with Judge Coxcomb. Well, it's very difficult difficult not to be thrown out of (laughs) places with Judge Cox going, to be fair. We need to have another episode with him. He hasn't even visited Toby yet. That's true. He has not seen Toby. He's so Tory now, he'd probably just want to put him into a a mine, into a pit. But he isn't. He's both Tory and amazingly right on social justice person. Like he was going on about toxic masculinity the other day. Uh, and then I was saying, well, yeah, but there is also the equivalent of femininity because you say where people, men were, they were making something called a brose instead of a rose one. So that oh, yes, can drink I saw rose that. And said, and I said, saw that. There's a fantastic uh, Twitter feed called Get in the Sea, at Get yeah. in the Sea. And, yeah, they, yeah, and yeah. They, they, they dealt with the brose so anyway, wine. Uh, anyway judge coxcomb likes retweeting things about rubbish men and rubbish white people and i said you know uh judge coxcomb uh there is a, actually a problem with femininity as well and i gave an example which which really annoys victoria the <laughs> women go to the gym and they say uh oh i don't want to do any proper exercise or weightlifting because um i, I might get too muscular and and Martin said, uh, yes, but the only reason, the, the only issues that femininity have is because of, to- as a reaction to toxic masculinity. And I said, that's very ironically patriarchal of you to say so, because you're saying women have no agency except in their reaction to men. And you realize what you're saying there. And uh, he didn't respond. So he is a combination of high Tory and unthinking, flippant um, SJW. So he's so essentially that- the worst person on earth. He is. He's, he's, he's just like, I'm going to combine the worst aspects of every political <laughs> opinion. And so that's why he, he needs to come back on. He needs to come back on so he can make some very odd judgments. That's true. Maybe he will be the, uh, the cause of the collapse of civilization that <gasps> I discussed. That wouldn't surprise me. And they, but they see, the downside of that is everyone will go, mm-hmm. oh, but that's because he was a gay. It's true. And he'll probably agree. <laughs> Hmm. right that's it we're done we're done okay shall we say goodbye to our listener okay you go first i'll go second goodbye listener goodbye